everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic. I'm rooting and tooting. I'm shooting lots of people with real bullets, because apparently that's what cool cowboys do. Yeesh. <laughs> cool. I don't know if they ever portray this man as cool, <laughs> I to be fair. Okay, that's true. I mean, they they make it seem like he is cool in Bart's eyes, I yeah, guess. Bart thinks he's cool. Bart is an eight-year-old boy. Ten, but yeah. Ten. Sorry. Lisa, eight-year-old girl. Bart, ten-year-old boy. Maggie, one-year-old baby. All right, you're now caught up to season one. Let's hope uh, <laughs> that, that doesn't bode too poorly for your trivia chances today. Changing my <laughs> questions now. Okay, good. Uh, hi guys, we are brought to you by Sports on Patreon. You support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only Taj Month gain access to all of our bonus content. A uh, bunch of bonus podcasts on there. I encourage you guys to check it out. Thank you all supporters who help us. Our episode this week is The Lastest Gun in the West. Episode DABF07, originally aired February 24th, 2002. Written by John Swartzwelder, directed by Bob Anderson. It finished along alongside a rerun of Malk in the Middle, but Fox in second place for the night, it received a 5.9 rating. Wow, a rerun of Malcolm in the Middle. How far the Simpsons have fallen? No, I mean, I don't I, I don't think it was tied with Malcolm in the Middle. I think I believe it was, it's, it, alongside Malcolm in the Middle, helped earn Fox its overall share, is what that's saying. I see. Not I necessarily see. Okay. that Simpsons tied with Malcolm in the Middle. Um, okay, but Malcolm Middle at that point was what in their third or fourth season. While this is the Simpsons are in their thirteenth, I don't think it's really fair to compare yeah. them. If you compare the third sure. third season of the Simpsons, it's a different story. Uh, the chalkboard gag making Millhouse cry is not a science project. Uh, I mean, it, it, it you learned something from it, but it's are, a pretty small sample size. He really should be working on the entire school at the very least. I mean, are you collecting his tears? Are you examining them? I think he's examining what causes Millhouse to cry, uh, which is quite a lot. So, you know, really, to be generalizable, you have to have a much larger sample size. Sociological experiment, then. Not really. Exactly. Okay. Um, the couch gag, squeaky voice teen, and a girl are making out on the couch. I'm not sure what... Surprise, something like this hasn't shown up yet. I. It's fine. I don't know what the gag really is. Is it that just the squeaky voice teen has a girlfriend? Maybe. I mean, that's that's the gag. And also that he's making it on their couch for some reason, because, you know, why would anyone do anything on the Simpsons couch? He snuck in like Jimbo. He's squatting. Yeah. Yeah. Like Otto. Uh, when is, they're in a yeah, Maple when, Systems point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, the episode guest stars Dennis Weaver as Buck McCoy. Do you know Dennis Weaver, Matt? I do not, actually. He's a Western star. I believe it. He sounds like an old cowboy. He's also the president of the Screen Actors Guild for once upon a time. Oh, wow. All right. Um, He does a good job, I think. I think so, too. Like I said, he sounds exactly like an old school cowboy. Like that, That's exactly how I would think they would talk, you know, in the you know late 90s, early 2000s. So, yeah. And uh, Frank Welker plays the dog. Of course he does. He does. He's, it's Frank Welker. So, of course, it's a, it's a cartoon animal. Frank Welker is here to, to, to chip in. Right off the bat, man, this mm-hmm. episode, I, I think... I like it more than I don't like it. Okay. But it is bizarre. It really is. Like it's it's not a bad episode, uh but the the first act is incredibly looney tunes. And it basically just sets up the rest and I feel like they could have gotten to that a lot faster, but it's it's the Simpsons what are you going to do? The the gags are what's important nowadays. I mean, I don't know what it, it it's there, I I think it's saving graces. I think it's largely there are. I it makes me laugh. There are jokes in here that work. Uh, you can definitely see the Swartz welder, the Swartz welder in it. You can see his his and and his fingerprints all over it. In in for for good and for ill in in, in different places. Um, the episode begins with you know with Bart, and I think this episode, I it largely features Bart. Uh, but it's not really a Bart episode. Well, yeah, because it, it, it's more about Buck than it is Bart. And, and the family is basically side characters. Yeah. And it's it's a strange thing, um, especially, you know, for a one off character that never appears again. But Bart 
starts we we start with Bart having a lot of good luck. He catches randomly catches a baseball outside of a out of a baseball game. He finds money on the ground. He gets free ice cream out of a broken done broken down ice cream truck. So everything's looking up for him. And then the dog appears. And it hates Bart. It's a pit bull, I guess, is what it's supposed to be. I, uh, it looks more like a Boston Terrier than a pit bull. I don't know dog breeds very much, Matt. That's true. It's it's another breed that is uh, you know widely reputed to be more aggressive, but it is not actually that way. It's a big. It's a muscly dog. It's one of the muscly dogs. It's a muscle dog, obviously. It's a big muscly dog, and it it and I think if this first act was anything but this, I would like this episode so much more. <laughs> I I really don't mind the second and third acts very much. There's problems with them, but and this first act isn't very long either. So there's that. But there is one joke here. It is this dog doesn't like Bart, but likes is friendly to everyone else. Yep. And that is the joke. And they use that same joke for five minutes. Well, the and I don't have any clips for this first act, uh, because it's mostly like matt said it is it's just looney tunes it is just cartoons it is just there's no story there's no character being revealed the the story is there's a dog that doesn't like bart and it chases him around the dog is nice we see the dog following bart everywhere he goes he's being chased uh from i don't know from to at to school to home he's everywhere he goes the dog is right behind him trying to eat him um the dog shows up at the house, and the rest of the family and the dog love each other. And then we get the gag where the dog stares apart and growls, but then loves the rest of the family. And yeah. I would say that's, that, like, that's a staple kind of joke, but the, and then the rest of the family also acknowledges that the dog hates Bart, and they're kind of just okay with it. Yeah, they laugh at him about it, like, oh, look, it's the dog that hates Bart. And then they make uh, Marge makes cookies at one point and was like, oh, look, I made cookies uh, for you. And it's basically Barb being chased by the dog. Like, man, that is cold blooded. Yeah. Um, and it's and that's the I'm I'm fairly certain Matt, that by this point, and it's probably prior to this point, but I think it's really evident in this episode is that John Swartzwater doesn't is is bored writing The Simpsons, I think. Oh, I'm sure. I think he's bored writing The Simpsons because John Swartzwater is very is a very funny writer, but he is not. If you read his novels, they are full full of jokes, just nonstop jokes. Even like they are just the like when you think of classic Simpsons joke, the that density of this when you of the jokes, it's like that when you read his books. But he is not concerned about story or character, really. No, it's because it, we read his book uh, once upon a time, and it was very much concerned with absurdity and uh, making things arrange themselves in a weird way so that it, it comes as a surprise to the reader. The plot was unmemorable. I mean, it, and it, I mean, the plot doesn't really matter. It's like it's it, it like it is about delivering that absurdity and those jokes. It is not really about oh, we need to be this plot needs to be intricate or reveal character or anything. And I don't know. They're, they're, they don't care that Bart's getting attacked by this random dog, and it's very absurd. Uh, there is, and it's just that it's just I don't know how else to describe this first act because it's just Bart and the dog, the dog chasing Bart for a long time, and we get him at school being torn apart by the like his clothes are being ripped apart the dog runs through a pet show a dog show and gets the award for most vicious um and like that there's that is finally some sort of joke that's not just the dog doesn't like bart eventually five minutes into this episode we finally get a scene where bart is running from the dog he jumps he he gets chased to this mansion with the big gate, climbs the gate, the dog's stuck on the other side, and then Bart turns to see a bunch of animals right there, like, poised to attack him, and he screams, and then we go to commercial. Yeah, it's it's a surprisingly short first act, uh, because I be, that they want the first act, I guess, to be the setup of when Bart meets Buck, but that just seems to be a really weird way to do it. 
Uh, I mean, that's that's so much time just spent on this dog attacking Barton. It's like, why exactly? I don't know. I mean, I it's I think it's just it's very sports. They, one, you can clearly see that they needed they needed as much time like it's full intro, full couch gag, all that stuff. I think they just the buck story just didn't fill enough time. So they're like, well, what do we can we fill this first act up with uh, a dog? There you go. I don't know. And it's ultimately the my large. I mean, it's just I it, it's not that it's like it's not. And it's not like so Looney Tunes that it's ridiculous. You know, I don't think any of it like breaks necessarily breaks the reality of the Simpsons. Like it's not or the Hom- physics in general, honestly. Or, yeah, it's not like Homer getting his stomach cavity ripped open and guts hanging out and then he's fine in the next scene. It's just five minutes of this and it's just like, yeah, it's fine, I guess. I, I like I would have just I would have liked like a couple more minutes to just Buck and Bart hanging out. I think I like that. So yeah. Just to show why they uh, enjoy each other's company. Or why Bart enjoys his... I don't know if Buck really cares one way or the other in the end of the day, but... <laughs> that's true. He's like, oh, there's a kid in my house. I guess that's all right. I don't know. Well, all I have is my horse. So five minutes, eight seconds in, we go to commercial. And when we come back, uh, we discover that, oh, that's all right. Uh, all these animals are stuffed, except for the ostrich, uh, because this is Buck McCoy's house. And, uh, well, Buck McCoy was an old TV cowboy. He kept some of the props. Uh, Buck, however, has a little issue relating to the use of today. Hey, wait a minute. These animals are stuffed. (coughs) Except that one. Don't worry about these critters. They're just props from my movies. This one's from Gunfight at the Museum of Natural History. You were in movies? Hold on to your hat, son. You're talking to Buck McCoy. Who? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Buck McCoy, the most famous movie cowboy in the world. No kidding. Anyway, I climbed over your gate. A dog was after me. I'll show you a trick that you can use on dogs. Also worked on David O. Selznick. Who? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. The David O. Selznick. Yes, that's right. The David O. Selznick, which is... I guess a little funny to me because I know who David O. Selznick is, a uh, legendary movie producer and whatnot. Uh, so th- that's a good joke for people who would have gotten the old jokes from like the first few uh, seasons of The Simpsons when they were putting in you know, allusions to old TV and movies. Uh, so it- it's kind of nice to see that. Uh, and I actually think here it works pretty well as a joke, quite frankly. I mean, I, I mean it works largely because it's, it is, again, not – it is this old movie star – making these references so of course he's gonna have outdated references so yeah they're it's okay for them to be weird and obscure yeah so uh at this point uh buck now teaches bart how to dominate the dog uh basically he just tells him to put his arms across the dog's neck which okay sure whatever uh but the more bart talks to buck the more he enjoys them because buck is very much a product of his time uh and the fact that he has no use for school he dropped out after the fourth grade which i'm sure just delights bart to no end because hey look he's in the fourth grade and he teaches them all about you know fun things that you know kids back then needed to know how to do like basically kill their own food and eat it and and just weird little things like that that you know kids who didn't go to school probably learned doing a ton but those skills are far less relevant today but they're the kind of things that bart would actually enjoy uh, now, Bart goes back to the family and tells them all about Buck. Uh, of course, no one else in the family besides Grandpa knew who the hell he's talking about because, you know, Buck's stuff, I think the last thing they said he acted in was in the 70s. So, you know, Homer and Marge would have been teenagers and probably not cared. And only Grandpa would have been old enough to say, oh, yes, I enjoyed Westerns. I know who that guy is. Uh, we then get some time where Bart goes back to Buck's house with Millhouse. They talk about all the movies that Buck was in and how violent they were because, of course, they were. Uh, they had some rope tricks. I actually really appreciated once again the joke with Buck where he lassos some chips and a soda for Bart. But then when Milhouse asks for a banana, Buck just looks at him quizzically like, well, how, how would I do that? I'm like, uh, the same way you've got a soda, big guy. But, you know, it's it's actually a really funny joke the way they play it off. I mean, I this episode has, I think, largely is why it succeeds for me. Like, it's not. Yeah. The plot isn't anything special. And I think it is a lot of it is just Schwarzwater just you know getting by on hey i'm really funny and so there's a lot of and and he loved westerns this is why they had him write this episode he loves westerns 
And so he was able to rape Buck McCoy. And it's very clear because Buck is really the actual main character of this episode. He's the only character with an arc, if you want to call what he has an arc. I, I would. Uh, it's I think it's like it's like an anti arc in a weird way. Where yeah, it's basically him just giving up. Like I can do this, <laughs> but I'm not gonna. Actually, Robbie, it's very interesting. Have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Um, I have not met. Uh, did it, I? I saw that it was two hours and forty minutes long. It is long. I will say that. But and I saw what was the, the last Tarantino movie? Uh, Cabin Murder. Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Cabin Murder. Uh, <laughs> Winter Cabin Murder movie. Um. And I kind of hated every moment after a while, so I went, mm, I'm, I, I'm done with you, Mr. Fair enough. Fair enough. I feel like The Hateful Eight was over three hours, and I actually heard that there is a cut on Netflix that breaks it up into, I think, four or five sub-chunks that you watch basically as television episodes that make more sense. I... I don't know. I don't really want to make, turn this into a Tarantino. I could easily talk for a long time. We, we have. Hey, guys, if you want to listen to talk we have about, several times. If you want to hear us talk about uh, uh, Pulp Fiction, you can go listen. Go on our Patreon. It's one of our bonus episodes. But uh, why? Why is this? Is there some? Is there some similarities in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Uh, there is. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is basically about Leonardo DiCaprio's character, who was a TV cowboy, uh, and then it takes place in the seventies, I believe uh Lizzie's early 70s uh around the time of the Manson murders um and it's basically a chronicle of you know Leonardo DiCaprio's character and his fall from grace how he used to be this great big you know cowboy and how the world is kind of forgetting him and passing him by uh and it's really interesting that we're doing this episode right now because there are a lot of similarities in how they portray Leonardo DiCaprio's character and Bucks obviously Bucks is intended to be funnier because you know it takes place 30 years after uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh but it's it's interesting in that it is a more serious look at what the simpsons is attempting to portray here and they both basically portray their main characters the same way i this episode's 22 minutes long right yes okay that's my favorite part about this is that i don't have to sit in the <laughs> for two and a half hours robbie you're getting old you can't sit through long things anymore I, huh? I, not long things quentin tarantino long things fair enough fair enough i don't I, there's only so many shots of a, a lady's feet that i need in my life Oh, just so you know, once upon a time in Hollywood, there is one scene that's about twenty seconds of feet, and that's it. Oh, so you're saying it was directed by Quentin Tarantino? Yeah, exactly. But generally, I feel like it's longer than that. I feel like it's several minutes spread throughout the film. But this was just one scene. Thank okay. goodness. Oh, great. That's cool. Um, I'm glad he's retiring. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you had something else to say. No, I'm. I again, I don't. We don't need to talk about Quentin Tarantino again. I could, All right. I could talk enough. a long time about Quentin Tarantino and how I used to love his movies, and now I like them less than I did. Fair enough. That usually happens when you get old. Mm-hmm. You reevaluate your love for things. Yeah. Anyway, so Bart goes back home, uh, and Homer is jealous of Buck and starts dressing like him. Uh, Bart has, of course, invited Buck over to dinner because that's what you did back in the 50s, and that's what The Simpsons continue to do. And so Homer gets a you know a 10-gallon hat and a bolo tie, and he likes it because it covers up the baldness, quite frankly. Uh, so Buck shows up on his horse, of course, and uh, proceeds to basically show them the old movies that he made and how incredibly violent they were. Gee, Buck, your old films are as violent as today's. One of the wheels broke off my chair today, but I didn't make a movie about it. Shh! In the 50s, I did a TV show. It only lasted a year, but we did 360 episodes, all of them. Great. I did the commercials myself. Remember, kids, drunken cowboy brand whiskey is smooth as milk. I'm not sure I approve of selling whiskey to children. Well, that ad was aimed at children who were already heavy drinkers. Tonight's episode, excuse me, while I kill the sky. Why are you driving a car? (laughs) Yeah, in the 70s, westerns were out and detective shows were in. Seems like all I did was shoot hippies. They wrote me out of the show and it became Room 222. So that's how you ended your career? Yeah, well, what can you do? The Western went the way of the evening newspaper and polio. Well, I think Westerns are due for a comeback. Yeah, we can have showdowns at the schoolyard and use nerds as Indians. 
So, yes, uh, this is where the fad starts to take hold in Springfield. Uh, Bart decides that Westerns are due for a comeback uh, because obviously it involves lots of violence, which, you know, especially young male children are disposed to or sorry, predisposed to. Um, so, uh, it happens. Apparently Bart just makes it into a thing. Uh, you know, the next day at school, everyone's wearing Western costumes and planning on being, you know, Lisa's Annie Oakley and, uh, Nelson is Kevin Costner for some reason. Um, but, uh, they even go to the quickie mart where Apu is sitting on the counter, uh, singing the song along with a guitar. You know, like a, like a, what do you call it? Right. Where you sit around the fire and just a sing along. A sing-along. Thank you. That's exactly what I was thinking of. I like the Kevin so, Costner joke. I, uh, for one. Yes. It, it, yeah. Well, I always think it was a bad joke. It was just a strange one to me. But you I know, mean, again, it's, Schwartz- it, it's Schwartzwelder. I mean, it's very. A lot of this stuff is this sense of humor, and yeah, it's. I th- I think it's picking on how Kevin Costner doesn't ever play actual characters. He just plays him. Well, I mean, there are a lot of famous actors who do that. So let's not get too crazy. I mean, <laughs> let's it's, not pick on Kevin Costner too much. I mean, yeah, but I would say that. I mean, there's and there are actors who can get away with it because they're just so charismatic. And Harrison Ford, I would say, is that. And, you know, um, Denzel Washington, another actor, I think, who largely just plays versions of himself. But he's very charismatic and it works as long as, you know, at most roles, I would say. Indeed. So uh, the whole town has got the Western bug, essentially. So Bart and Lisa go to Krusty. Uh, to basically beg them to have Buck on. Krusty, how do you feel about putting Buck McCoy on your show? Pass. We also represent Billy Joel. Who's the first one again? Buck McCoy. Forget it. I'm not putting some Western star on just because it's the flavor of the month. I want my show to have a timeless quality. Here's your hanging Chad sketch, Krusty. (laughs) Oh, good. You worked in Judgito. Please put Buck on. He's my hero. Plus, he'll work for scale. Scale minus ten. Aha, uh-huh. funny jokes about hanging chads, Judge Ito, and uh, media jargon. So, uh, yes. I, I I think because this show, this episode, I will give, I, I, we're going to talk about this at the end of this episode. I think this episode, like I said, Schwarzfelder is bored, and it feels very much like the, whatever writers contributed to this thing are very flippant and i don't mind it as much i guess because it's about buck mccoy and an aging movie star that's true uh because it's it, buck is a very interesting character to add into the simpsons he doesn't quite fit and that's where the fun comes from mm-hmm. uh so anyway uh after getting crushed you basically agree to have buck on they go to buck's house and try and use reverse psychology on him which doesn't work the first time uh, with a great joke about push, uh, pushing up daisies, uh, not including people, uh, not indicating that people are dead. Uh, they actually eventually get him to break out his old costume, aka, uh, I believe a what does he pull out of the glass case? It's not like he has a glass case filled with his old costume, but he breaks into it and then doesn't take the the costume. He takes something off the wall. Two bolo ties, Matt. Two bolo ties. That's right. One, one Texas, one Massachusetts. Yeah, and Lisa picks. He he asks Lisa which one she should take, and she says Texas. And he's like, "I like the way you think, little lady." And that's you know, it, it's it's full. That's the kind of absurd that those are, and like they're not. I don't know if I would call that a joke. I guess it's a joke. I thought it was funny. I thought it was charming. Like it's very that's it's get it's got that Schwarzwelder weird, weird displaced personality thing where it's not it's that's not a setup. There's no like he's like oh the the joke is like oh he broke into his old costume and he's gonna wear it but all he takes out are the bolo ties and one is one is Massachusetts which obviously not a western state and then Texas which is the most cowboy state there is and you're like okay and then you then the, the joke is like Lisa picking the obvious one and it's it, no normal person would write would frame that frame a joke that way and you know that's why sports order has worked worked so well and like he's written the most simpsons episodes of anyone and still to this day even though we were t- he stopped years and years ago it it's it's that weird perspective of his that he, he doesn't write jokes like normal people write jokes and it's why uh, it works that is the truth and it's kind of and it frankly 
became like him and Conan O'Brien and a lot of those guys and early on they kind of that is how it was the Simpsons comedy was framed and I think as kind of proceed from the outside world is very much like these weird things weird jokes like this you know and and there are certainly all kinds of humor in the Simpsons but I thought it was funny and it's probably why I like this episode even though it's strange because we're we're watching it's about Buck McCoy, a guy we've never heard of before. He just shows up in this episode. This is not like Troy McClure, where we suddenly a background character suddenly gets a spotlight on him. Buck, Buck McCoy's never existed, and then suddenly, no, he's he's going to take up like twenty minutes of the episode, basically. Yeah, and I feel like this is one of the things that uh, the Simpsons can do in you know the later seasons to you know kind of expand it is is basically this episode is about the family's reaction to a new character and obviously Roy and Poochie notwithstanding that can work pretty well sometimes but it's not something you want to do every day so I feel like this is a relatively fresh idea that they have and for the most part it works yeah I would agree I think for the most part meaning more than 50 percent it might be like 54 percent but sure that's true so yes, uh, at this point uh, we get to the the downward spiral. Uh, so we get to Buck is going on Krusty's show. He's having a great rehearsal. He's just apparently shooting live ammunition at things in Krusty's studio, which never could possibly go wrong. You know, notice that foreshadowing there. Uh, so yes, but however, Krusty keeps emphasizing how many people will be watching Buck, and of course this causes him to uh, be a little nervous. So he you know whips out his flask and starts taking pulls, and as we see. Uh, that does not bode well for him uh, because when they are filming the episode later, Buck is already incredibly drunk uh, and misses his cue. And then when it comes time to actually do something, he actually loses the bullets out of one of his guns and then he uses the other one to shoot Krusty in the stomach. And then we go to a commercial. Uh, I believe the clowns are will be cutting Krusty. Uh, the clown doctors are going to be cutting Krusty out of his clothes as during the commercial break is what, what Krusty says. Um, yeah, it's also that juxtaposition of real violence, uh, in this weird, this weird cowboy. Like, I I think it's because he's this weird cowboy who starred in ultra violent movies that were also incredibly chased about everything except for violence and alcohol, but there's no sex, no cursing, but plenty of violence. And it's just this, you know, he gets drunk and then shoots, actually shoots Krusty. Um, when we come back, Krusty is okay, luckily, even though he sounds like he has internal bleeding. It certainly sounds like it, because it's, uh, he's somehow okay, but at least there's some consequences, and he is not feeling great. No, and he, fire, he fires, he has bandages on, which is something. He fires Buck, um, and Bart, and now, and that's the thing, like, it switches from, and like, to Bart here, where... He is incredibly sad. He's let down. We see a shot of him lying on the bed, and his room is bare again. It, it, it's very reminiscent of him whenever Krusty has disappointed him in the past, and he's ripped out all of Krusty's stuff. And now he's ripped down all of Buck's stuff, you know, his merchandise and posters and whatnot. And Homer comes in trying to have Bart idolize him with a very bizarre picture of him dressed as Farrah Fawcett from Charlie's Angels a very famous uh, pinup picture from the 70s mm. which is that's terrifying in every possible way Bart calls it grotesque which he, at least he's right there um, so Homer it, Homer's also strange in this episode like it, it's real this episode's really laid out strangely where it's like we meet buck bart idolizes him homer the entire time is trying to win back like win bart's favor again or make bart think of homer as his hero and it's this point that homer realizes that he shouldn't do this uh and M- marge tells him oh it's because you care about bart's feelings and so which is a new experience for him of I, course i guess so they trying so it's not it's not even the family that does this it's just marge and homer they decide they're gonna go help buck i and i guess make it help him get sober because he admits basically he's an alcoholic even though we haven't yet we've not seen him take one drink up until this moment i would think that i would have foreshadowed that 
that twist a little that's bit. That's true, because a little little you know, nip from a, a flask is something they could have easily worked into earlier in the episode. Yeah, just have him like, oh yeah, take a small drink here and there, and that's a little tease us. Oh, you, you might have a drinking problem. So, Homer and Marge go and try and help Buck. I'm sorry I let your son down, but I'm too old to change. Oh, listen to you. Oh, oh, I'm too old to change. <laughs> How old are you? Seventy-six. <laughs> nice old man. Don't break a hip. <laughs> Have we gotten all the liquor? That painting is made of liquor. I was drinking so much I forgot what life was about. Gold! <laughs> gold! Beautiful gold! Nuggets as big as your fists. You guys are sick. I don't belong here. Buck, if you walk out that door, you'll be branded a quitter forever. Mmm, something smells delicious. Well, that's it. This place ain't for me. Well, we're not giving up. We're going to cure you of drinking. Look, I worked long and hard, got rich, and now I'm retired. Why shouldn't I be able to drink all I want? Well, I don't know. I just naturally assumed it was some of my business. Well, I don't see how it is. Nobody's even told me your name yet. I really like that last joke. I just assumed it was part of my business. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, and that's the thing. It's very much like you're like, you're like wait a second. They're not. I mean, he did actually. He shot someone. So it's that point where you're like becoming a threat to the, the random people. You might, yeah, you might have a problem, but in like in the long run, if he's just sitting in his mansion all day drinking, and he has all the money in the world, he's not hurting anybody. Why does he need to stop? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's hurting himself, but you're right. Beyond that, there's nothing he can really do. Right, and I, I don't know. It's it. There, there's the that a, a weird scene, a cowboy rehab where we get all these stereotypes from old cowboy, old westerns, just hanging out. Talking about getting trying to get sober again, that's Schwarzwelder absurdity. Um, but Buck just leaves rehab, he w gets branded a quitter, literally. And so, but the, the Homer in particular is not giving up, I guess, on trying to redeem Buck. So he sees on the news that there is a bank robbery in progress with Snake and some nameless criminals that have like pulse rifles from aliens. Yeah, they're the weirdest rifles. They're like, um, oh, I remember Eraser, uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, uh, where they had, uh, what are those called? Uh, Railguns, man. Railguns. Thank you. That's what I was supposed they, to say. They shoot uh, s small pieces of aluminum at... Yeah. At, at, they're magnetically accelerated, so there's no gunpowder. Yeah, and it's, uh, just, it's just under the speed of sound or something. Like, it's just this, it's like it's, you know, faster than a bullet or whatever, and it's a... You mean the modern classic uh, eraser where he exactly kills an alligator? Your luggage. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Vanessa Williams. Uh-huh. She's an eraser. You're the one who brought up eraser, Matt. If you don't want me to talk about eraser, you shouldn't bring it up. I didn't realize it would be a trigger for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> so there's news of a bank robbery, and Homer takes Buck there to redeem him. I'm still not giving up on Buck. There must be some harebrained, half-assed way. This just in, a robbery is in progress at the National Bank of Springfield. The robbers are equipped with the latest in high-tech weaponry and body armor. Stay back, coppers! Ah, uh, please, everyone, stay away. We don't want anyone to be a hero. A hero. A hero. Get me Buck McCoy. Dad, I'm on the line. Here you go. Just stop this bank robbery and you'll be a hero again. I'll wait in the car. Are you crazy? I'm a movie cowboy. And you're no Howard Hawks. It hurts. But I just have one question. Do you want my son to be disappointed in you? Fine. You don't need that. Way to go, Buck. I feel my faith growing anew. Better get rid of this, too. Not to mention this. Whoa! There's nothing wrong with a little hey-hey. Hee-hee-hee-hee. <laughs> little hey-hey. 
a little hey hey. I mean, to be fair, like we said, there's nothing wrong with him drinking uh, or the porn. Uh, the drugs probably could have been a, a bigger thing, but you know, we're just gonna slip right past that because it's supposed to be a joke. Uh, but those are only a problem if he is going to be taking on bank robbers that the police cannot for some reason. I I, I there, this ending is so it it goes I I don't even know how to judge it. It's, it's so bizarre because Buck. With two lassos, no guns, just lassos, walks up and disarms all three of the bank robbers with the lassos. They shoot at the lassos and miss because the lassos is the perfect weapon because you can't hit it with a gun. I mean, that's true, but I would hope somebody would be smart enough to say, hey, maybe we shouldn't shoot the, the, the lasso. We should shoot the person holding the lasso, which is, in fact, very easy. I don't know, Matt. It, I think this ending, I, I – I, I'm very torn by it. I'm tor- this whole episode kind of challenges me because I think it's funny and I think it's doing some interesting things, but it's also really strange and it kind of is not. It's close to getting to where this is not a Simpsons episode. I mean, it's like the sure the family's here and Bart and Omar are concerned with Buck, but like Buck's the main character and he saves the day. I, the police leave? I would think the police would need to be there to arrest the criminals. Uh, but whatever. I mean, you would hope, but it's the Springfield police, so yeah. Yeah. So we get the ending. Uh, after Buck has uh, to stop the criminals, uh, he says goodbye to Bart. Buck, you're my hero again. Aren't you forgetting someone? Well, there's Krusty, Itchy, Scratchy, Poochie, America's Firefighters, and then you, Dad. <laughs> and don't you forget it. Oh. Goodbye, Bart. Never bother me again. Uh, I love that line so much. That's like the best part of the episode. Never bother me again. And and the, and the episode doesn't end there, because there's another like 30 seconds of, I there's not really any audible talking dialogue in it but it goes it just what we just watch the camera follows buck as he rides his horse back to his house and he just like grabs his mail and takes out the trash and that's when we get that's what the episode ends with is just watching buck do chores around his house and i like this ending a lot i i it it basically subverts the entire episode because it's it is Bart like saying, "Oh yeah, I've I've had all these heroes before, and we've done this plot before with them." And oh yeah, Homer's also my hero, and Buck is my hero again. But he's also leaving, and I'm never gonna talk to him again, and we're never gonna see him again on the show. And it feels very much like a deliberate like, and I don't know. The Scully years tried to do this a lot, like with subversive endings that didn't actually have endings, but this. We get a like we get closure on Buck, and that largely Buck is staying exactly the same. He doesn't care about any of this. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna go home and drink. I don't want to be sober. I'm old. Why does it matter if I'm, I'm drunk all the time in my house? And I don't care if I'm a hero. And I don't don't talk to me, little annoying boy. I don't want any of this. And it's it's it reminds me mostly of the Rodney Dangerfield episode. Yeah, basically, because at the end of the episode, the the character they brought in to for the Simpsons to react to wanders off, and that's okay. I mean, and they just disappear, and the episode is framed around, we have Rodney Dangerfield, let's use him. And the plot is kind of for, like, oh, his, he gets fake kidnapped by Homer and burns us there, and you're like, whatever, it doesn't matter. And it's really just a, it's a spotlight on, hey, we have Rodney Dangerfield. Let's have him say Rodney Dangerfield stuff for 20 minutes. And it feels very much like, well, we have the idea for episode. There's a Western movie, old Western Washington movie star in the, in Springfield. And we do some jokes about Westerns for 20 minutes and Bart is there. And then the actual, the guy's the secret drunk. And I don't know. I feel like, I don't think the plot is good. I, I don't, I mean, it's fun at times. Uh, and it certainly is not exempt from a lot of the ills that I complain about, certainly about like there's some lazy plotting here and there. But again, 
aside from those first five minutes of dog, <laughs> just like it's just a dog. Oh, I forget to say the dog shows up at the very end, Matt. Oh, cha- that's right. Chasing Bart again. Chasing Bart again. Um, I like this episode. I think largely it's just because I think the jokes work for me. A lot of the jokes land. I laughed at this episode. That is definitely true. I don't. I can't really defend. I don't know how to categorize it otherwise. It's weird. It's bizarre. And like I, I think I'm at the point where you know, and I think I'm still there now in like season thirty of The Simpsons, season thirty one, thirty two as we go on, and the last couple of years that we've been doing watching the new episodes and reviewing them for the Patreon. It's very. It's been very good to the point where it's like, if they just do a weird, weird episode where, oh, this episode has an old, washed up Western star in it. That's the episode. I'm like, well, and the the Simpsons are there. They're not necessarily the focus, and they're actually their inclusion is like contrary to what the episode is actually saying, because Bart's arc in this is he meets this old Washington movie star, really impressed by him, and kind of helps usher in this fad of, of Westerns, appreciation of cowboys and Westerns and stuff. He gets let down by him, but then, with the help of his family, they help Buck become a hero again, and Bart loves him. Except, it's absurd that Buck is a hero, and Buck <laughs> is clearly a, a guy who, he drinks and does drugs, if we're taking that, you know, him throwing away a needle to be that a nod to that. And he doesn't want to change. He's like, oh, no, I don't want to clean. My- Why? I'm 76 years old. Who cares? Let me just be drunk until I die in my mansion with my horse. Well, yeah, it's like, wh- why did he come out of retirement in the first place? Because the kids kind of forced him to. Yeah. And it's like it's contrary to Bart's the like the wholesomeness of Bart's and Homer's arc, frankly, because Homer's arc is like, I want attention. I want to be my kid's hero. He realizes, oh, I can do that by helping Buck become a hero again. But it's that there's a schism there with these with. And I I like it because it's weird. And it's it makes me think back to my favorite Simpsons of the season seven and eight, where every episode was just like a, a weird departure from a normal Simpsons episode. It did a normal Simpsons episode and then like flipped the script basically. And I think the Scullyers tried to do that a lot, but it just turned into misanthropic garbage. I got the humor in this and it it wasn't really hateful towards people, which is good. I don't know. I think, I don't know if I, I don't think this episode's good. It's funny and it's interesting. I hesitate to use the word good. Would you call it good? I don't know. I would call it decent. I don't know if I could elevate it to good, quite frankly. Yeah, I don't know. It, it It's watchable. I will watch it again at some point. It's not one of those episodes that makes me angry. I laughed at it. I would watch it. I enjoyed it last time I watched it, I think, and I think I still enjoy it. It's just not like I can see the flaws in it. And of foremost, five minutes of just a dog. Just an angry dog. Chase a Bart for five minutes. Yeah, we really don't need that much. Two would have been more than enough. <laughs> yeah, we got it. Um, anything else you want to say, man? Not really. Not with this. Uh, we can go on to some more interesting things. Well, we'll see about that. Uh, <laughs> no submissions for my favorite episode. I don't think this episode's broken. I think there's flaws in it, but I think it's largely okay. Agreed. Uh, we can move on. Like Matt said, the wise words, Matt Ham. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for a comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comes to the news group is where I uh, look to the to to know Homer's.net forums now that the news groups are falling into disrepair. Uh not not disrepair. There's still people on them. It's just a lot of there's the signal to noise ratio is not as high as I'd like. Um but I most people did not like this episode, Matt. I'm kind of surprised because it seems like the kind of episode that the people who did like the Scully years, which seemed to be more people than I would expect, would have. I I don't know. the the It's only just under 8% give an A, 15% give it a B. And then that and that is like, you know, 22, 23% total. Everyone else gives it a C or lower. So that's 30% with a C, 28% with a D and 20% with an F. 
Wow, that is impressive. So that's that tells you what people thought about the episode as a whole. I've, I pulled some reviews, the ones that I thought were more w- well written. Um, first, uh, you know, there's a good mix in here. Give uh, give us a sampling. Um, the first, a solid A and a bullseye hit for both the writer of this episode and Al Jean. I too hate westerns, so this episode made fun of their absurdity near perfectly. With jokes like "We are only on for a year, but made 360 episodes." I just shot hippies and the commercial being targeted only to children who are already heavy drinkers. It's heavily seasoned with great jokes throughout and the writing and stuff from the overriding and over fast pace of some newer episodes. The storyline was well developed and the subplot of Homer wanting Bart to worship him and not Buck McCoy was smoothly integrated. Some of their great parts were the entire scene inside his, his mansion. I made a discus for the dog. Little Grandpa Simpson. We don't take kindly to transvestite chimpanzees. Ralph as the dominant one. His little brother is really a pine cone. Brandon a quitter, the alcoholic, blah, blah, blah. Lots of bits listed. A smooth, funny, and well-written episode that's a bit like the old times. Uh, next up, I enjoyed some of it, but it didn't stand out as a great episode. I did like the use of the skilled children, however. Been a while since we've seen them that much in one episode. Homer's little line about not getting an adventure was funny at first. Then they completely destroyed the effect by putting him in over half of the following scenes. Also, I think it was wrong to have Krusty getting shot. I mean, the way they did it. You could clearly see the bullet going into him, grade C minus. I kind of like that we saw Krusty getting shot. Yeah, right? That's, I feel like that's part of the bit was that, oh, old things are incredibly violent, and this is kind of the real-world consequence of that. Yes. Uh, the final review. I thought that this episode was the worst of the season. Had very, very few jokes that were funny. The first scene was a complete waste of time. We didn't need to see Bart get chased by a dog for almost five minutes straight, which had zero to do with the plot. I thought this episode would try to be a struggle to make the cowboy famous again and appear on the Krusty the Clown show. Instead, he was easily persuaded to go with the show and was on the show for all 30 seconds, which were not funny. There are a couple of funny lines in the episode, such as Mel says, I'm the dominant one, and I liked it when that police officer said, slink away, boy, slink away. I didn't really find this episode funny. But I think largely, like, that, there was a lot of worsts. A lot of bad, angry, no, I don't like this episode, it's not good, this is, Al Jean's a fraud. And everyone who thought he would save the show is also dumb. Um, for pe- people mm-hmm. who don't like Al Jean, then um, buckle up. You got it's gonna be a long a, time. A long, you got some long, a long road ahead without Gene behind the wheel. Um, that's about it. Move on to our next segment. It's time for listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is the most outdated reference? Tricky question, and I think it's, it changes a lot. It changes up to, it's up to interpretation a lot, and I think we see that reflect in a lot of the answers. A, lot of, a big variety of answers and how people thought to interpret the question, which I like, honestly. Uh, first from Hannah, I felt for a while that Wolfcastle has lost his context. He still pops up from time to time, same as ever, excluding the movie. I just don't think Schwarzenegger has been relevant for a long time. Uh, from Joshua, pretty much anything glorified is current and cool in the Homer Palooza episode. We're further away <laughs> now from that 90s music scene than Homer was from the mid-70s music scene in the episode. Uh, from AJ, as much as I like the episode, maybe the fact Bob's brother is played by David I. Pierce, which is just a reference to Fraser. This is, of course, his double down in a later episode when they add Father Chewilliger into the cast, and he's voiced by the father from Fraser. Love Fraser, and the first episode referenced it, but considering how long it's been off the air, it definitely doesn't play as well as it used to. Uh, from Zach, honestly, any jokes about trans people or the trans community? There are a few sprinkled throughout the more recent seasons you guys have covered on the podcast. You, yes, woof is my woof. Bad, all bad. Hmm. They're all bad. Uh, from John, there are plenty that are intentionally outdated, which seem too easy. Mister Burns and his auto gyro to CM, his terrible stocks, his use of a hoy hoy as a telephone gridding, even Alf being back in pog form was outdated at the time of airing. And Billy Beer was gone years before I was even born. I'm going to go with Hooray for Everything, a parody of the terrible act Up With People. Uh, from Lauren, I also think that the episode Homer's Phobia is incredibly outdated. The whole episode is obsolescence from the portrayal of a homosexual male to Homer, taking Bart Hunting to become a man. Saying at the time, it might have been amusing, and now it's just offensive. From Mike, go home, you're off the team, for good. Fine. I still like him better than Steinbrenner. Oh, the 90s and the Yankees and Steinbrenner. Yep. Uh, from Aaron, I'm sweating like Roger Ebert. Rest in peace, Roger Ebert. 5 Fort System at 5 Fort System. Lisa, when asked what she's laughing at, I just remembered a joke I saw in Herman's head. 
You know, that show that everyone remembers. Everyone remembers Herman said. Uh, from Lauren at El Hummy 88, this is one of the best references, but Mr. Burns becoming Howard Hughes is pretty outdated. One of those things you either had to know from, like, your grandparents or only know as a reference from The Simpsons, like my husband. Uh, from Hanson Be Wonderful at G Weekly, watching his Mr. Plow commercial, Homer offers to send out free Stockdale for VP t-shirts. He could still surprise you. Uh, from Allison at Amazon. Amethyst, Amethyst, twelve fifty eight, from Itchy and Scratchy, the movie when Snake is robbing a house and says, "Oh no, Beta." Um, Denise and Carmen had some synology. V chip, V chip. Remember V chips, man? What, did anyone I'll ever use that? The V chip. We'll talk about it in a second. Okay. I, oh, Dominic at Dominic P one. Beta check. It would have been outdated in season one, let alone season twenty nine. I don't even know what that is. It's we watched that episode, Matt. It's a new episode that came out. Uh, it was all I about, know, but I still don't know. I didn't get the reference. It was a television show about a private detective. Oh, okay. Named Banachek. I don't. Again, that's Fair it's enough. not complicated. It just is incredibly obscure. They based a whole episode around it. Uh, what yeah. is your answer, Matt? Uh, my answer is V chip V chip because a uh, funny story V chips still exist. They are still in televisions that you can basically go into and say, "Oh no, if this tele- TV show is rated, you know, TVMA, don't let whoever's watching it watch this." So they still exist, and yet this is a great outdated reference because no one has ever actually used it since the '90s, if they ever did in the '90s. Uh it's really tough for me to pick one. I I like I I I thought about it, and it's really not. I, I thought of it very much like a lot of references on The Simpsons are immediately outdated, like even in the 90s, in the, the heyday. And it's very much a question of, oh, well, when they reference things nowadays, everyone references things. It, it is we have become a culture of steam and it is everything is momentary. We reference some something that happened, some like mo- a lot of very popular art is direct homage and it's not like that wasn't prevalent before. I think it was just easier to hide those influences because people weren't as aware of everything else. Nowadays, if I want to see a movie or a television show or listen to music that influenced an artist or one that they are paying direct homage to, I can find it in 10 seconds. It's easy. I can go watch any 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 Simpsons reference. I can go watch when they're referencing the birds. I can just go watch the birds. I can just go on YouTube and watch yep. the birds immediately. I don't have to go hunt down a VHS tape or or f- like find there's it's with streaming and the internet. It's so easy to immediately find those things. I thought of it more as something that is references that aren't timeless or kitschy. Like I think if something's sufficiently kitschy because it's so obviously unimportant i don't mind those and when they reference something that's timeless like the birds like hitchcock movies like the godfather like good movies like no country for old men or or boyhood movies i think that will hold up over the years i think those are that's fine too it's more when they reference like art that is disposable and unimportant and then they that becomes a backbone of episodes and i think it's also there's certain I I think the other thing I lean on is political gags that barely made sense when they aired and now are like, Oh yeah. I think to partic- in particular any cuz they use it multiple times through uh jokes about ayatollahs and I'm like what? What is going what? And and you're like I I I didn't understand it then and then I looked it up I'm like okay like there's a novelty Ayatollah shirt for you know what I yeah I'm, it's one of those things that you're not going to get unless you lived in that era or you were a political junkie it's a very narrow niche it's very weird and it doesn't even I don't I just can't appreciate it uh I do like the I do appreciate the large variety of answers we got um this week's next well next week's question I should say is and we've done I think question similar to this before like uh well we'll uh. Throw it up on the flagpole again. What is your favorite animal-related joke? That's going to be a tough one, man. I mean, I mean, Stampy alone is worth so many. Yeah, you're right. I love Stampy. Who doesn't love Stampy? Don't we all? An elephant that just isn't friendly. I can I can relate. I don't want to be. Yep. Don't necessarily want to be friendly all the time either. 
Um, that's I'll post this on all our social media, Facebook.com slash the Simpsons Show Pod, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Next up, Matt. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is for Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. And try and stump the other. Uh, I have... Uh, we we are tied, Matt. We I, I made up some ground last tied. week. Oh, I, made no. up, I made up some ground last week. And we are tied. 25 to 25 points right now. About halfway through the season, we're tied. Matt's well then. frantically chasing his questions because of the knowledge I displayed earlier in the episode. It's true. Very smart knowledge. I'm a very smart man, obviously. I'm definitely not going to fall flat on my face the second half of the season. Exactly. That's never happened before, and it's never going to happen in the first place. No, never. Uh, Matt, what's my easy question? All right, so your easy question for today. What does Homer call his little brother instead of his name in Brother from the Same Planet? Pepsi. You are correct, sir. See, I knew you'd get that. It'd be easy for you. Your easy questions, Matt. I mean, they're easy for me, but I don't... <laughs> Here, direct comparison. These episodes, these My questions are all from Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie Show. Okay. What new character debuts in this episode? I mean, there's... there's you talking about Poochie or Roy? Either is acceptable. Oh, okay. Good. So, so, so one of those. Just take your pick. What's my medium question? All right, so your medium question, if you're ready for it. What cartoon do Bart and Tom watch together? Ryan and Stimpy? No. You got that one faster than I thought. Good job. I mean, I don't know if it's... Do they call it Ryan? I don't know if they actually call it. Yeah, they use the words. They call each other by name. So they do. It, it is a, yep. It's really officially Ren and Stimpy. All right, your medium question, Matt. What's the line used to audition the Poochie voice actor? Uh, rough, rough. I'm Poochie, the rockin' dog. You're correct. <laughs> I was hoping I could catch you. All right. I, I just I have Homer's voice in my head saying that in the worst possible way. Mm, true. All right. So your hard question for this week: How much does the Corey Hotline cost? Uh, hmm, hmm. How greedy are they? Because it was. And when was that? When did that episode take place? And how greedy are they? <laughs> uh, I want to say I'll say this is what I'm, this is what my gut says. So I'm gonna go with my gut. I'll say three ninety nine for the first minute and three ninety nine for each additional minute. I'm sorry, it is actually four ninety five a minute for every minute. They were very greedy. Four ninety five. Yeah. Four ninety nine. Hmm. That's interesting. Four ninety five. Okay. You're a hard question, Matt. What kids are used for the research panel at the mall? Uh, okay. Uh, it is Lisa and Bart and Nelson and Milhouse and Ralph, I believe. Is that your final answer? Yes. Close, Matt. Oh, Close, dang. but no cigar. It is Bart, Lisa, Milhouse, Ralph, Nelson, and a little nameless blonde girl. Oh, okay. Huh. I must have just completely ignored her. I don't think she ever. I don't. Think, I don't know if she says anything. I don't know if you ever get her name. She's. I think she's appeared in other school children miscellaneous school children. Oh, scenes. isn't she the one that has like two braids on either side of her head? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Ha ha! Knew that trick. Yeah, that's true. If I don't know somebody's name, I'm not going to bother them. A little. <laughs> that's a lesson. All you guys listening, make sure Matt knows your name. Otherwise, you're nothing. Exactly. Uh, but that leaves us tied, Matt, still. We both got three points this today. It's like we're equally smart at this or something. Mm, I don't know that. I'm just lucky. Uh-huh. But that leaves us. That's 20 and 28. Um, we got about 10 episodes to go. We'll see how it goes as we move on. Uh, we can move on. Our final segment, segment we end every single episode with. It is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the Power Show. Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. We watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. I don't know what to do with this episode, Matt. You don't? Well, neither do I. So let's just pick <laughs> somewhere and stuff it in there. No, 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 no. That's not acceptable. I know. We, can't we have that. to think about we it. Have to, we, we have to do our due diligence. Um, hmm. I mean, it's okay. It's not great. So, I mean, what are we up to now? 200 and... 61 it obviously doesn't go in like the bad ones so i think we can safely put it above 
two hundred probably. I feel like anything uh, that is, is rough. Yeah, I yeah. Let's see. Um. Okay, I two hundred yeah. is Pokemon. So yeah, I think it's better than Pokemon. I think it's better than New Kids on the Black. I think it's better than Day of the Jack and Apes. So it's like a cluster of season twelve episodes. Then we get to some season ones, some season two stuff, and I think it's in there somewhere. I think it's it's there's okay. Here's a, here's a good spot. A good question: Is it better than the Cartridge Family? Ooh, I remember us having a lot of problems with the Cartridge Family, but still, overall, it feels more like a good Simpsons episode than this does. So I'm gonna say it's not quite as good as the Cartridge Family. I think this is better. I, okay, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's better than the. I don't know if it's better or worse than the Cartridge Family. I think this is definitely better than the Auto Show, which is directly beneath this. I would wholeheartedly agree with that because you know I do have some fondness for the Auto Show because you know it's a season three episode, but it still has a lot of problems. And Otto is just not that much fun of a character to, to do stuff with. Yeah. Otto is, Otto is not, a, he's, you know, they, they attempted to do a lot of, a lot of episodes with supporting casts and some of them worked like principal charming. And then some of them didn't work like the Otto show as well. Um, I think, Hmm. I think cartridge family had, a, has a more solid, like it has a more solid through line mm-hmm. as a, well, like a plot. I just don't find the cartridge funny very funny. True, and this this does have some better moments of of, of you know hilarity. I think it's it, it, I I think I would put this above the cartridge family. I don't know if I I put it. I think it's kind of on par with Lord of the Dance. Lord of the Dance is I think stronger. I can see that. I think Lord of the Dance is stronger structurally, but it's probably not quite as funny. Um, it has more of an a real it's like more of an actual like it's closer to a a an eight like a stare a a prototypical simpsons episode because it's like lisa you know there's an a plot and a b plot the a plot is lisa kind of realizing things about herself and like you know teaching this you know the new girl about the, the springfield and the kids um i think i put it above cartridge family and below lord of the dance I, I could be satisfied with that. It's a very odd episode. This one is. It, it really is. Like the act one is just so strange, but you know, acts two and three are fairly solid. Yeah, I mean, I, I frankly, if the first act wasn't just five minutes of a dog chasing Bart, I think this would go much higher. That's I, true. I think it really break. It really is exasperating. We're like, what? Like, I was reading your notes as I was going along. And you get and like ahead of you're like this just keeps happening. The dog just keeps chasing Bart, and I'm like, it's, yeah. it can't be that bad. And then after like two, <laughs> a couple minutes of it, I'm like, it is that bad. This is really not noxious, just kind of boring. Like because it doesn't bring a bunch of new stuff to the table. After a while, it's just like, oh, the dog's still chasing Bart, huh? Okay. Um, I like Buck. I want, I'm frankly cool with if they had a little bit more dumb Western jokes in there versus a dog. That's um, true. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like it. I think I, I can safely say that. And that's, that's nice. I'm, I don't want to not like episodes. Uh, so that is saw it. It is now number 184 on our list. No, wait, 183 on our list. Excuse me. Um, the last Cisco in the West, right below Lord of the Dance, right above the Cartridge Family. Number one on our list is still Homer's Enemy. Last on our list is Simpson Safari, number two sixty-five. Oh boy. Um, our next episode, Matt, is the Old Man and the Key. Old Man and the Key. I cannot remember the key. What is uh, that? Zelda moves in to the the nursing home and. Grandpa takes Homer's car. Oh, that's go, right. It's the grandpa all, driving episode. And they go yeah, to yeah. they go to Branson. Yeah. Yeah. Grandpa tries to win her back and yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't have fond memories of this, but maybe. I don't Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Um that's next week. You can watch along with us. Um before we go. Let's see. You can find all this stuff on our website. It's the Simpsonshow.com. Links to everything there, to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed. Also, a link to our Patreon. If you want to help us out, throw us a couple dollars. We'd really appreciate it. And you get a bunch of old bonus podcasts to listen to if you want to dig into that backlog. Um, you can find me 
on Twitter at Robbie Dorman, and my website is RobbieDorman.com. There's links to everything I do, my other podcasts, and my books on sale. The newest novel, Truth, about a talk show, a news host haunted by a specter of truth. Psychological horror. Really appreciate it if you check that out. Uh, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is accurate. However, this week, the, it turns out the hurricane that went through uh, Florida actually sucked me up. I am recording from the middle of the hurricane. Turns out, luckily, I had a uh, wind turbine with me, so that's what's powering all this. And surprisingly, you can get a pretty good uh, wireless signal in the center of a hurricane. Who knew? So if you have any messages or anything, just toss them up in the wind or bring them right to me because I'm sitting just in the eye wall. I moved, I'm, in, I'm in Texas now, Matt, and I don't know what hurricanes are anymore. Uh, lucky you, until you get hit by one. I doubt we'll get a hurricane this far into the state. We'll probably get, if anything, a tropical storm. That's true. You're you're pretty far out. Yeah. So if the, I, you might not even, it might just be a depression or something by the time it gets to us. We'll just get, I'll take the rain right now at this point. I can't, yeah, I cannot true. emphasize how dry it is. Um, that'll do it for us. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And I keep watching The Simpsons. Shh.